The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Drivers, start your Wrap in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. It's throwback weekend, baby. Cody's in the mood. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I mentioned before, Cody Zeeb in the mood for throwbacks. I'm Rod Gomez. Didn't get the memo. My bad. <laughs> we are here for Darlington weekend, baby. The weekend before the All-Star race. Uh, just another classic uh, race on the schedule. We've had so many fun ones. The Lady in Black, Track Too Tough to Tame, whatever you call her, she is waiting for the drivers uh, for the Goodyear 400 this week. Of course, this is the Cup Series episode uh, as as we're setting our bets for the Cup Series. But Cody, buddy, looking snazzy, my friend. It's throwback weekend. I'm excited. One of my favorite weekends of the year. Going to Darlington. It's a classic track. It's a tough track. Obviously, you mentioned it. The track too tough to tame. The Lady in Black. This is a track that will make the drivers pay for any mistake. I love it. All the throwback schemes we're going to see. Had to break out some of my throwback gear. Got the Rusty Wallace jacket on. Got the old Haveline Ricky Rudd hat on. I'm ready to go. Uh, this gives you an actual good reason to check us out on YouTube. So uh, at least make it somewhat entertaining over there. You don't need to dress up because you're beautiful already. Aww. I need something to make my side look a little better. So uh, in the throwback mood, in the throwback spirit, ready to cash some bets on throwback weekend. All three series are in action, Rod. We got IndyCar this weekend as well. I am pumped up. I'm ready to go gonna be a good week of racing listen all i'm saying the kids like you better enough as it is so you're fun dad already and that just leaves me as the disciplinarian guy that like you know you're you're the crowd favorite i'm just the guy that like holds down the show so uh you know it's all good and this uh, gives them even that, more reason I, I, I like the uh the fun parent role so <laughs> <laughs> uh i love it no and ricky rudd man that's a pretty deep poll i don't know too many people out there that sport ricky rudd gear so hats off yeah. to, well hats uh, on to you <laughs> hats on right yeah some old school old school stuff here shout out to my neighbor ian he gave me this uh this awesome rusty wallace jacket so this thing is warm as hell. Holy crap. It's uh <laughs> I'm cooking over here, Rod. <laughs> but is it even that cold in the studio to warrant it's, you wearing Well, this? it's not, so that could be uh, part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Cody's wearing it in the middle of summer and now trying to figure out uh exactly what he's doing with his life. But uh yeah, anyways, it is throwback weekend. We've already seen 
some beautiful paint schemes come over the uh, the NASCAR Twitter scene and just cannot wait. Ryan Newman's is pretty slick oh, right now. Spot on. I mean, if it wasn't for the Chase Elliott, Bill Elliott throwback already, like Ryan Newman one might take it. Another one where the sponsor actually let them like change their logo, change how things looked. You know, it's the mobile paint scheme and the, the O in mobile was always a red instead of the blue. And so Jacobs, I think it's Jacobs Technologies, and they changed the A to the red color as well. Like, looks just like that number 12 uh, Penske Mobile One car that Newman ran for so many years. Beautiful throwback. There's a lot of good ones. All three series do throwback uh, paint schemes as well. So uh, there's multiple Dale Jarrett ones. One looks okay. One looks like crap. <laughs> Some of these throwbacks, they're just like big swings and misses. So like... Uh, Chastain is, is driving an actual UPS sponsored Dale Jarrett throwback. Looks pretty sharp. Looks just like the Dale Jarrett car. And then Country Croc tried to do one with the Country Croc colors on Ricky Stenhouse's car. And it looks like they used the UPS poop color. And it's like, not, <laughs> no, it just, it did not turn out well. But, uh, oh, well, what do you do? I guess there's, uh, there's a lot of good ones, a lot of good looking ones. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's always a fun, fun time to have. You know, and then people in the crowd will go crazy and, and dress up, you know, in all the retro gear like this. And it's always a fun time. Uh, they're going to announcers. I mean, I think it's Richard and, and Kyle Petty are in for stage one. Carl Edwards coming out of the backwoods, coming out of retirement. Nobody's seen the guy in seven years since he left the sport. He's going to be in for stage two. Bill Elliott going to be watching his son wheel the car, look just like his car on the way to victory lane in stage three. It's going to be a great day in the booth. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited overall for everything this weekend. Uh, I mean, again, I am every week, but with the racing we just saw last week at a high tire wear intermediate, now you're coming to a high tire wear intermediate. It's going to be hot as hell, Rod. It's like 93 on Sunday, basically the same as it was in Kansas. That's going to make the tire wear even more exaggerated. Uh, in this, yeah, it's going to be a great, great weekend of racing. Uh, and man, this the throwback schemes—they really, they really hit hit it on point uh, on a lot of them. I think the winner needs to backflip out of his car just to kind of salute a throwback. There, a throwback celebration uh, to Carl Edwards. You like that? I have a feeling that, uh, well, unless that number eleven wins in Xfinity because he does a backflip as well. He's a the Carl Edwards knockoff. The one time he's ever won a race, but, uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I don't think that and many of the owners would agree with you. I don't think they want uh, these guys attempting backflips. <laughs> None of them are as polished as Carl Edwards yeah. was. Carl I was, think, oh, man, that everybody. was impressive. I, yeah. Especially after those long, I mean, those long races, you have the guys that climb the fence and stuff. That's, you know, a little easier than doing a backflip, in my opinion, anyways. But uh, yeah, after you're all wore out like that, then you get up on top of the car, do the backflip off there. That's uh, one of the, the all-time celebrations for sure. Carl Edwards left way too soon. He could easily still be racing. Makes me sad to this day to think about it because he uh, he was a special talent for sure. Sure was. It'll be exciting to see him in the booth once more. Uh, we'll talk more about it when we come back from the break. Let's take a second to tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is te teaming up with SGPN. And they're teaming with you know excitement to team up with us as well uh for shady may so not only do you get an amazing 50 percent off but you also get a chance to win five 
$1,500. Shady Rays has got you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose a pair, even the first five seconds after you buy them, I don't know how, and, and they don't really want to know how, they're just going to go ahead and replace them for you. No questions asked. So much confidence behind buying Shady Rays because they've got your back long after you purchase Plus, if you don't like them, exchange them for a brand new pair or, of course, return them for free within 30 days. Just like you can shop with confidence, there's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Team's always got your back. Right now, go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take that receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May Contest. Probably tons of uh, of sunglasses are going to be out there at Darlington. It seems like all the old school NASCAR drivers, you know, love to wear their their shades out there. And I mean, you know, Richard Petty, Dale Jun or Dale Senior, you know, those two guys, intimidating figures out there in sunglasses. It's just, yeah, yeah, going to be an exciting weekend, like we said at Darlington. One point three mile track, just this this you know crazy egg. It's funny because. I, I guess I, I read the history. I knew the history, but the minnow pond thing always throws me for a loop that they, they couldn't touch the minnow pond. So they're going to re, you know, configure this track to make it fit the minnow pond. It just blows my mind how, you know, that, that is a thing. And now it's one of the more, it adds to the unique nature of this track. It's not a full mile and a half. It's a mile point three with whacked out corners, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's actually great that that's how it ended up working out like when he bought the land he had made the promise to the farmer you know hey we, we won't touch the minnow pond then that kind of ends up being where the track's going to end up so they have to adjust ends up making it two different shaped sides of the track and, and that was back in you know 1949 now we're all the way in 2023 and this track has provided so much good racing it makes it so tricky because you're not just setting a car up for for one style of corners on both sides, you've got two completely different corners. One side's narrower, you know, and skinnier and steeper and whatever. And the other side's more sweeping and, and wide, and it's just completely different. And so it's really tricky for these crew chiefs, for these, these drivers to get the setups that they like, that it's going to work good on both sides of the track. And uh, that, that makes it even more challenging, plays more into the legend of how the track is. Um, and, and yeah, so, Thank, thank God for that uh, that farmer that wanted to keep his minnow pond intact because ended up delivering you know a track that just has you know we talk about one, some of the greatest finishes we had last week at Kansas like an all timer right go back at Darlington uh, I think it's two thousand two two thousand three the Ricky Craven uh, Kurt Busch finish I mean if you've not seen that or even if you have go back and watch it again like lap after lap just side by side beating and banging. I think that's still the closest finish in history because it was literally like a quarter of an inch difference at the line. Just an amazing race, and, and there's been a lot of good ones over the years. And, uh, yeah, this track seems to always deliver. Again, the high tire wear, we talked about that in the recap show yesterday and how that's going to play a factor today or this weekend, rather, um, as well, and, and how that was key in, in making that race last week at Kansas so good. 
Um, and it seems like, I mean, you go back to Auto Club earlier this season, another good race. It seems like these high tire wear tracks deliver the better racing. So I'm very, very excited for it. That 2003 season was the first season that I ever watched NASCAR too. So I, I was privy to that one. And that was one of my first memories of, of that season, just knowing, wow, I'm in for it now. Uh, but best of all, Cody, weather, not a factor. Sunshine all weekend long. Sunday, there'll be clouds, but the rain doesn't start until Monday. So, you know. It's good. Hopefully it stays that way. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to just have a straight up nice and, uh, and sunny day for this uh but yeah so again this is of course the spring race here the goodyear 400 it is 293 laps around this 1.366 mile paved track uh look back at some of the winners uh from the past i want to go all the way back to the beginning 1950 johnny mance drove his 50 plymouth uh to victory on september the 4th 1950 uh herb thomas in his 51 hudson uh, love those names, right? More current, Eric Jones took the forty-two. Uh, uh, yeah, took the forty-two across uh, the forty-three, rather not the forty-two. Forty-three, yep. That'd be fun if he took the forty-two as well. Uh, the forty-three <laughs> across the finish line. Logano, Hamlin, Truex, Harvick, Hamlin, Harvick, Jones again. Eric Jones, a two-time winner on this track. If you'd have told me that, I don't know if I'd have believed you. Yeah, Eric Jones. He's going to come up on the show in a bit, but. This is just, uh, there's certain guys that have certain tracks, and Eric Jones just has this place figured out. Now, the equipment at Legacy, he did win in it last year. Granted, he did win, and I will point out, he won the fall race, correct? I'm yeah, almost he, certain. Yeah, yes. he won the fall race. Which yeah. is the 500-mile race. This is a 400-mile race, um, and I think that that is a big difference, especially at a track like this that, that challenges the driver so much because a guy like Eric Jones that knows this track so well, that does so well here, that extra 100 miles gives him even more of an advantage, even though you know his equipment isn't up to par as some of these other guys, but that extra 100 miles for other guys to make mistakes makes a huge difference. So be interesting to see how he runs this weekend. And like I said, we're going to talk about him in a few, but um, that is something to, to keep in mind. I think when we come back in the fall and it's the 500-mile race, you're going to plan a little more for chaos because... There's still going to be a lot happening in these 400 miles. I promise you that. Be a lot of Darlington stripes by the end of the day. Not going to be many cars that don't have some type of stripe or damage or anything on them. But uh, that that 100 miles does play a key difference in how you bet on this compared to the fall race, where in the fall race, you're kind of expecting a little more chaotic things like an Eric Jones finding his way to the front and winning. I mean, I don't have it right in front of me how many laps he led or anything, but I know he didn't dominate the whole race or anything like that came on late came on strong um and so i think that is the one difference to note in the 500 miler in the fall compared to the 400 miler here in the spring yeah jones led 23 laps in that fall race there was only nine cautions in that but there were 58 laps in those cautions uh but the, the margin of victory 0.252 between eric jones and denny hamlin go to the goodyear 400 joey logano won Last year, 107 laps led his margin of victory over Tyler Reddick, 0.775. So he led 107 laps, but still ended up barely beating Reddick by less than a second. Nine cautions in that one as well for 47 laps, 24 lead changes uh, in the Goodyear 400 last year. Yeah, and, and Jones only leading the 28 laps or whatever, that's exactly to my point. Like if it would have ended at 400 miles, Jones wasn't leading at that point, but... That extra hundred came into 
into handy as far as uh, maybe hitting a longer shot winner. I'd maybe expect that more in the fall than in the spring. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, what did I say, 267 laps is, is where it was. Uh, if that were the case, Kyle Busch would, would have won that one because he led from lap 221 to 293. Uh, after that, it was Truex, Bush, Hamlin, Truex, Bush, Jones. So that, that'll yep. tell you something right there. <laughs> Those yep. are the lead changes after uh, what would have ended that 400-mile la- race. So, yep, you're right. That extra 100 miles gives a couple more people the opportunity to outlast. Yeah, makes a big difference. And especially, I mean, for the – and we've kind of talked about that in the Discord this week – Whereas this is a type of track where you're going to lean more towards the veteran guys. You're going to lean more towards the guys who've been around, who've done this for a long time. Uh, and we're still going to sprinkle some young guys in there, but it is more prone as the, the races get longer. A lot of these guys in the Xfinity series, they're, you know, they're 200, 250, maybe 300 mile races. Then you start expanding it to four, 500. It's a lot longer of a race. They've got to be more, you know, and then things are obviously a lot different. It's more competition and stuff. Just a lot more room for mistakes. We don't have that as much in this early spring race because it is the 100 miles shorter. So I just kind of wanted to to throw that out there as far as how you weigh in things that happen in a 500 miler compared to a 400 miler because it, it is it is a massive, massive difference. Even though it's only 100 miles, it's, it's a lot at the end of a race, especially to add tack that on. Indeed. All right. We'll start setting up some bets then after we come back from the break because that is what we're here to do. But I'm also here to tell you that dating does not have to be as difficult as it is. I know that you've picked up your phone and you've stared forlongly at that app, swiping around, trying to figure out who it is that you want to meet and just getting all sorts of anxiety and pain and suffering. Stop. Put the phone down. Go to Talkify because Talkify has got you covered as the country's number one modern matchmaking service that's designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand-select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and, more importantly, productively. This is how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then... They'll select and screen potential match candidates for you doing all the background checks, all the video interviews, and more importantly, asking all those tough questions that are way too awkward to ask on those first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions, handles all the communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. I'm telling you right now, you're basically just ordering from a restaurant and they're bringing this to you. I can't even understand how this happens, but you need to go experience it if this is for you. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. No messing around. 12 matches. That's not a lot of people to meet and go through before you find your person. And you could even do it sooner. Hell, that's within 12 people. I have faith in you. You'll find it sooner. How do you get in it? Right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. That's Talkify.com slash SGPN. I was uh, debating on whether or not I wanted to have a, uh, a person hand select our bets for us and then just sort of go through all the awkward questions uh, so that we didn't have to. I, I feel like that's something we should do, right? 
you know, after some of the last few weeks, maybe, <laughs> but that's all right because uh, you can't start a new winning streak without first winning, Rod. And that's what we're going to do right now, right this week. I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, we're going to open up open up with some good ones that's going to win and uh, use a similar strategy to last week that uh, should have ended you in the positive if you played your cards right. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, listen, and before we get down into the bets, though, I also I wanted to lay out when we were doing the preview as well. Uh, I know that we'll probably allude to some comp tracks, but this is something you can't you can't comp. I mean, you you can say a mile and a half and sort of use those intermediate stats for me. But like this is a way different. You, like you had said in the beginning, Cody, you can't even set up your car for one race. You have to figure out how to make it work for two different types of races, two different types of race tracks on either end of it. So I mean, no other intermediate track really provides that type of diversity within the same track. So how well they did at Darlington is basically how I'm going to go off of uh, what I'm what I'm picking. Like, I'll talk about some other stuff, but by and large, this is how well, how, how well have you performed at Darlington. And when you look at the track stats, that all sorts of backs it up because a lot of the same names float to the same sort of areas. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest key. And and at this track, more so than a lot of the others, track history is what I'm weighing much more heavily than anything else. I am still using uh, some of the intermediate stuff from this season just because I think that it gives you an idea of how they've been doing. Uh, and I think that that can be taken into account as well. I think if you're going to use any of them, Kansas last week is the best one to use because obviously it's recently. It was just last week. It was very hot there. It's going to be very hot here. The heavy tire wear is kind of all similar in the same. So I think you can use that one the most out of any of them. But again, like Dover before, like some of these other tracks we've had lately, there is no exact comparison. If you really want to dig into things, maybe use Homestead a little bit. That's probably the other intermediate that is the higher tire wear that, that you could really look into. But I did not go quite that far. Mine is, is mostly based on track history here. Again, with some, some how they've done on intermediates this year because... I think that could weigh into some things, specifically this first bet, Rod. Hashtag fade Chase Briscoe. I've been telling you since the offseason. Derek Yoder finally admitted it. I heard him today on the NASCAR betting preview show recap. He admitted that uh, Chase Briscoe sucks this year and that I was correct. So shout out, Derek. Appreciate that. Thanks for acknowledging that finally. Uh, he'll have some short flat tracks coming up where he can do good again before he sinks back to the very back in intermediates. But, I mean, it's obviously been well-documented this season. On this show, Chase Briscoe sucks at tracks where you need speed, and he has not been good. So you go back and you look at what Briscoe has done at Darlington, his very first start here in May of 2021, an 11th place finish, pretty good run for him. It's been all downhill since then, 19th, and then last year, 20th and 27th. So he's just gone backwards the more he's been on this track in the Cup Series. Um, and then again, you look at what he's done so far this year, right? In uh, 32nd last week at Kansas. And yes, he had the tire thing. And things just spiraled after he was already very, very slow to start. And once he got back out there, he was just very slow. The only car that might have been a little bit slower was Josh Balicki. And it wasn't by much. Uh, I mean, Ty Dillon was running faster than he was. It, it was ridiculous how slow that 14 car was. I don't see them fixing that. 30th place at Dover. Again, another intermediate track where he was very slow. 28th at Las Vegas. He was 20th at Auto Club to open the season. There's his great finish for you. 
use that to pump it up, I guess. Um, so anyway, so we're fading uh, Chase Briscoe in pretty any way you can find it. Uh, AJ Allmendinger is matched up against him over on Caesars, and it's only minus 105. So that is a beautiful number for me. Briscoe is minus 125, actually the favorite in this head-to-head. Um, and, you know, you kind of look on the surface, and we talked about AJ in the recap show. Hasn't had the best season, no, but it's not been a bad season like Briscoe has had on the intermediates. He hasn't had the ups that Briscoe has had on the the smaller tracks. And again, the short flat tracks, even when we come back to those later on the season, like I'm expecting Briscoe to be good at those tracks, might be a great time to bet on him after he has all these bad finishes in a row on these bigger tracks. But on these bigger tracks, he's not getting it done. Um, and so Almondinger hasn't raced in the Cup Series since 2018 on this track. Uh, and that was in JTG equipment, had a 22nd and 34th place finish in 2018. Um, 23rd place, two 23rd place finishes in 2017, uh, or yeah, 2017 to 20, or 15th place finish in 2016. Um, and those were, again, not very good cars, just kind of getting decent. I mean, that's really all you need probably is a top 20, even a top 25 from AJ Allmendinger is probably going to cover this. I mean, just based on how bad Briscoe's been, I, I don't. How is he going to get into the top 25 other than car, enough cars wrecking out and he just survives the day? I don't see a way that he does. But for Almendinger, you go back to last week at Kansas, 14th place. There was a little bit of strategy involved there, yes, but put himself in position and was good enough. Had an 18th place at Dover, 18th place at Las Vegas. All three of those races very easily beat Briscoe. He did finish 36th at Auto Club, but that was he just lost control early in that race. Spun out, hit the wall, was the first car to leave the race. Um, but even then Briscoe still, uh, uh, that was, I guess Briscoe's one good race where he finished 20th. So he beat him by a few spots on that one. But, uh, but yeah, for me, this is, is not even close. It's AJ Allmendinger for me also. Um, and shout out, uh, I think it's Ty tiger 77 is his name in the discord. Uh, he pointed out a, a book that I've not really seen before, but, uh, I'm going to be looking at, and it's available, I think in seven or eight States. Uh, super book is the name of it. Uh, they have got a shit ton of head-to-heads, so it's going to be something we'll have to kind of dig into more as we go on. But they have Austin Dillon over Chase Briscoe at minus 125. If that is available to you, hammer the fuck out of that. Uh, we'll be talking more about Dillon here in a few minutes, and you'll understand why. But Austin Dillon is very good at this track and as bad as Briscoe has been. And, and Dillon's had some downs this season as well, but... Overall, this to me is not even close. So if that's available to you over on Superbook, go smash the shit out of that because uh, that's a no-brainer to me. I've got Superbook already bookmarked in my uh, browser, so I'll be going back to that. Everyone, it's a pretty interesting little book. I'm I'm surprised I, yeah. I never heard oh, of it. And they before. actually, yeah, a lot of NASCAR yeah. options. So just a shout out to them, especially early in the week. I mean, Caesars is generally who we rely on the most because they're one of the few that gets them out early for us and, and has every option available. Um, but yeah, this Superbook looks pretty uh, looks pretty interesting. And yeah, I think he said about eight states: Colorado, Tennessee. I don't have the list in front of me, but uh, it was available in quite a few places. So uh, definitely going to be one that uh, I have already saved and uh, will be looking at more as we go into the future. Dare I say it's super? Uh, all right, I have uh, my first bet is is pretty tame. It's Joey Logano as a top five car at plus one forty. Um, we're starting to, you know, the, the top five odds are are pretty interesting, uh, especially over there on Caesars. And when you look at and we talk about the names, we'll talk about them even more. 
What's that? Not to look too far ahead, but top five for Xfinity. Oh, buddy. Oh, Those are juicy this week. I love it. Yeah, well, for for uh, for the Cup Series, I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot. Because you look at the top five, you know, you got Kyle Larson at minus 160. You got Hamlin at minus 130. Truex minus 115. I mean, when we talk about all these guys, those are the, I mean, those are three already. And we're talking top five. All three of those, I think, are going to land in there. So now we're talking about who has the top the ability to, to crack that other two. And for a stretch between William Byron and Kyle Busch, there's like six different drivers or seven different drivers, all at plus 140. Joey Logano is one of those. Um, Joey Logano, pretty good at Darlington uh, overall. 18 starts, 10 top 10s, six top fives, one win. Uh, his last three races here, an eighth place finish, a win, and then a fourth place finish after uh, starting on the pole in that fall race. But he did lead 64 laps. Uh, in the race that he won this last year, actually, uh, last year he, he won the same race, 107 laps. We talked about him winning this one. So, you know, you got to go back to uh, third place in 2020, sixth place in 2020 as well, second place in 2018, fifth in 2016, fourth in 2015. You know, Joey Logano knows how to get around Darlington. And sixth place last week in Kansas, I mean, we have counted him out so many times, and he's, but he's the reigning champion. Like, it's so weird to be counting out the reigning champion as much as we are right now. Of course, it's kind of how we felt about Kyle Larson a couple seasons ago. But, um, you know, Joey Logano has done some good things. You know, second in Daytona. He won in Atlanta. Seventh at Richmond. Second at Martinsville. Sixth, like I said, last week in Kansas. But then he's also did some pretty shitty things. 36th in Vegas, 28th in Austin, 37th at Bristol, 30th at Talladega, 31st at Dover. So, I mean, I, I have a feeling that he can't be that bad this week on a track where he's been historically as good as he's been. And a top five finish, even though we've talked to you time and time again about the Fords not being necessarily the fastest on here, but you look up and down this winter sheet, it's Fords and Toyotas. Chevy had a gap between 2015 and last fall uh, of not winning on this track. So, um, you know, I, I, Fords and Toyotas are going to come to play, I think, in this race like they always do. And uh, I think Joey Logano will, will turn a pretty good day uh, into, or uh, you know, into this throwback weekend. Yeah, Joey Logano is the hardest driver in the entire all three NASCAR series to predict what he's going to do on a week to week basis. It's he either has a top five car or he's like 22nd and it just never makes any sense. Obviously defending champion. He's a two time champion, like great. Also, you know, 75 greatest drivers He's going to be in the hall of fame, everything. He's just, he's so hard to hit, but when he does hit, it's usually a good result at plus money on a track that he is very, very, very good at. I don't hate it. I was really trying to find a way to work him in this week. I feel like he's one of those guys I never bet on because he's, he's so hard to predict. Like, And I couldn't find a way, but I'm glad you worked him in there because I, I think that he definitely deserves a mention uh, on a track that he's this good at. Well, I'll tell uh, you, too. I'll tell you that he's third overall in, in the active drivers right now as far as top fives are concerned. It goes Harvick at 13, Hamlin at 12, Logano at 6, tied with Kyle Busch with 6. You know, it's yeah. that's got to put your money somewhere, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, speaking of Austin Dillon, next up for me, I'm going to take Austin Dillon over Ricky Stenhouse. This one is juiced up a little bit. It's minus 150, and I think that it is put that way as a trap. I think they want you 
to bet on Ricky Stenhouse. There's a few lines this this week that are juiced up a little bit in both Cup and Xfinity. I don't think trucks are out yet. I haven't got that far. But, um, but yeah, there's some juiced up stuff this week, but I feel like it's a little trappy. You go back and you look um, in the last seven races here at Darlington. Austin Dillon has the fifth best average finish um, and uh, 13.1, I guess, is his average finish. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse has the 37th best average finish in that time frame at 23.4. Uh, Austin Dillon has 13 races here. Ricky Stenhouse has beat him head-to-head one time in 13 races, Rod. That was last summer. Ricky Stenhouse finished eighth. Austin Dillon finished ninth. So one spot away from continuing that streak and making it all 13 starts. Um, but both of these guys have had their ups and downs for sure. Uh, you go back and you look last week, both of them did well. Austin Dillon ends up 10th. Ricky Stenhouse ends up 12th. Uh, Dover, it was 27th for um, for Austin Dillon and 15th for Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, but then you go back to Auto Club, Austin Dillon ninth there. Ricky Stenhouse 12th. So they've been running around each other a lot, but I still think with the track history that Austin Dillon has here and the lack of a history that Stenhouse has, um, and with Dillon coming on so strong last week, he was running very, very well at Kansas. I think that he's the guy to go here. And again, I think this line is just, it's a little bit trappy because you look at it and you're like, well, Dillon struggled this year. Stenhouse has been, I mean, we talked about it, right? Until the Daytona 500. He hadn't had a top 10 finish since the Coke 600. That was a long time. And then this year he wins the Daytona 500, and the things have just been going well for him. At this point, he's in the playoffs. <laughs> Again, NASCAR Twitter thinks he's locked into the playoffs, but uh, but he's at least in the playoffs at this point. Uh, but I, I do think that Austin Dillon is very, very good here. Uh, I think a lot of people overlook that. Like I said, the fifth best average finish over the last seven races out of all the active drivers, uh, that's pretty good when you – you think of all the names at the top of that list. So uh, Austin Dillon over Ricky Stenhouse at minus 150 on Caesars for me. Yeah, and again, you know, with Stenhouse, we know that the books want you to remember that he won the Daytona 500, and that's the more the more casual NASCAR fans, you know, that, that only watch on Sunday maybe and pay attention and, you know, they, oh, yeah, well, Ricky Stenhouse has won a race this year. Austin Dillon hasn't, so he must be better than Austin Dillon. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my money on Ricky. And that's, you know, it'll it'll work on a racetrack here and there, but I don't think it'll work on this one, just like you said. So uh, I like this one as well. Uh, my next one may seem on the surface like it's kind of a bit uh, hard to swallow, but give me the surging Martin Truex Jr. over William Byron. Martin Truex Jr., like we said, has been just uh, uh, on a tear lately, driving like he has not a care in the world he won a race. He finished eighth at Kansas, third at Martinsville, seventh at Bristol Dirt, seventh in Vegas. Like he's he's around the front now, and he's he's having a good time doing it. Obviously, Kansas could have had an opportunity to win had chips fallen differently, tires fallen differently, pit strategies fallen differently. Um, you know that that all could have happened. So I feel like he's good now. Obviously, William Byron, same type of situation for William Byron, although he has not uh, won one. This, I'm sorry, at Darlington. He's won a race this year for sure, uh, but he's never won one at Darlington. William Byron started off hot, right? Won a couple of races, fifth place at Austin. Now he's on a good tear where he's had three top 10 finishes and two top five finishes uh, in the last three races. But 
Here's the thing about this track, right? It is too tough to tame for a reason. When you look at average finishes, Martin Truex Jr. inside the top 10 as far as average finish at 12.4 on this track. William Byron, 18.6. Byron does not do well at the lady in black, uh, all things considered. He's had nine total starts here. Only three of them have been top 10 finishes. Last fall was an eighth place finish. That's fine. Uh, but outside of that, he's at a 34th, a 35th, a 35th, a 13th, right? A 12th, a 5th, a 4th. So when he's good, he's good. But when he's bad, he's not really all that great. Whereas Martin Truex Jr., on the other hand, 21 starts, 10 top 10 finishes. Now, last season, this is me contradicting myself, he had a 24th place and a 31st place finish. But we talked he was about retired Martin Truex Jr. Yeah, being retired last <laughs> season. So you got to cut him a little slack. Uh, but what did he do the year before in 2021? Well, he won here, and he also finished fourth place. So, um, you know, you get the good Martin Truex Jr., you get the bad Martin Truex. But I honestly think that these are drivers on two compete or two uh, different train tracks where Truex is, is on his way up, and Byron is still sort of, yeah, he's had those three top ten finishes, but for a guy that's won two races already this season, you would expect him to come out and win a, a, a way more and be in contention more. Um, so I, like I said, just give me Truex. I love the Fords and Toyotas this week, just from track history. And, uh, I, I like this end of it. It's two of the fastest cars in the field head to head. So I, you know, toss a coin, uh, but you made some great points. I'm going to have an argument for Byron here in a few, but even with the bet that I'm going to put on him, I, I don't hate making this one as well. Uh, nice way to kind of hedge out of it. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's oof, that's a, that's a loaded head-to-head matchup you got there. Yeah, it is. Next up for me, I'm going to take. Uh, no, I'm not being held captive. No, nobody's forcing me to make this pick. I'm going to bet on an SHR car. That's not Kevin Harvick. I know it's shocking to everyone. I'm going to take Eric Amarola over Austin Cindric. Again, juiced up minus 150. Again, feels like a trap the other direction. I like the Eric Amarola side of this. So I know that SHR has struggled overall on speed on the intermediates, but Austin Sindrick has been pretty bad himself. Um, and Eric Amarola has, has slowly been getting better. So you go back to last season, Amarola finished 11th in both of these races last year, uh, which is, again, that's a nice, solid, good day. Uh, he had a 16th place finish the year before. Uh, 2020, he had a 9th and a 7th. Uh, another 7th, a 12th the 17th to 14th all before that 137th place finish sprinkled in there but that's going to happen sometimes you go back to last week at kansas a nice solid 13th place run dobery was 24th 16th at las vegas he was 35th at california but he got caught up in a wreck earlier on in that race um austin Sindrick last year was 16th and 18th so again not horrible runs here but both of those were obviously behind alvarola's 11th place in both of them Last week at Kansas, though, continued to run into problems. Uh, it seemed like multiple times during that race, finishing 31st, 26th at Dover. He did jump up and grab a sixth-place finish at Vegas. I will toss that out there, but 28th at California. Um, and then you look at just Cindric's last six races overall, 31st at Kansas, 26th at Dover, 26th at Dega, 33rd at Martinsville, 19th at Bristol Dirt, 28th at Richmond. Things have not been going Austin Sindrick's way. He has been struggling mightily. Um, and again, if you want to throw out the you know uh, veterans, tend to do a little better here. Almirola is a guy that's been around a very long time. He's got a lot of laps on this track. 
knows how this track handles. Is he going to have the most speed ever? Probably not, but for the most part, Penske's kind of struggled, and specifically more Austin Sindrick has struggled on speed as well. So I think you're batting two Fords up against each other here. Uh, I'm going to take the veteran guy who's, who's at least been managing to get some solid finishes despite his team obviously struggling in the intermediate department. Um, and again, it just feels trappy because you kind of look at it and you're like, well, these SHR cars have been pretty bad. Let me take Cindric. And I, I don't think I would go that far because Cindric has also been struggling a lot. Uh, and so I think Eric Amarola will be the less struggling of the two. I think he could get a top 15 finish, uh, maybe even just top 20. And I think either way, that'll be enough to, to top Cindric in this matchup. Uh, so again, I'm trying to just pick on some of these guys that have had rough, rough starts to the season on these intermediates and, and have been struggling. And, and Cindric's is more than just the intermediates. Uh, he's just been struggling all over kind of everywhere. So gonna going to kind of want to fade him a little bit on that as well. Yep, that two car not living up to the jacket that you are uh, wearing right now at all. So um, They need to bring back the Miller Lite sponsorship. That's the problem. Throw it's supposed back. to be the Blue Deuce it and is. not uh, all these other sponsors that are on that car. Eh, they'll get there someday. Maybe Maybe a throwback in the near future. Oh, see, that'd be perfect. Um, all right, my next bet, uh, I'm going to take, and again, I I feel like I didn't mean to set out to do this, but it just feels like I'm sort of taking these these ones where it's a hot name and then taking the opposite side of it, and that's Ross Chastain. Uh, they have him paired up against Tyler Reddick. Uh, I'm taking Reddick over Chastain. This is at minus 105. Uh, so Reddick is the, uh, is the underdog in this matchup, but here's what I will say. Okay. You get Ross Chastain and we've seen him come back from races where he's pretty much been amped up and he, he's an aggressive driver all the way around. Well, unfortunately on a track like this, uh, well, okay. I say that and yet he threw his car into a damn wall to end up winning, uh, or to get, to get into the playoffs. But more often than not, he can't do that anymore, by the way, that they changed the rules for him. Um, you can't be as aggressive at Darlington as you can be all over the place because that wall will smack you real fast. You will get that Darlington stripe. You may not even finish this race as he did last season, did not finish this race. He did lead 26 laps, but again, aggressive driving got the best of him. And he ended up finishing 30th after a promising 8th place start. Started 12th in the fall, finished 20th. In fact, in all of his 7 starts, he has but one top 10 finish, and that was a 3rd place finish in 2021. Outside of that, 28th, 28th, 29th, 15th. Now, granted, all of those were in the 42 and the 17, or at 77 and the 15, right? Not the one that he's in now, but... He's had two pretty bad finishes in the one, a 30th and a 20th. So, again, when you talk about track styles, you talk about the the what it takes to run this track. Cool that he finished second in Dover. Cool that he finished fifth in Kansas, third in Richmond, fourth in Austin, right, third at Fontana. But you can drive a little more aggressively on those tracks. You can't drive that aggressively at Darlington or you will smack that wall. Well, Tyler Reddick has the opposite of that. The last two races he's raced in uh, on this track, a second and a third place finish, led 10 laps in this race last year. In the eight, in a Chevy, what I said already, that Chevy has not necessarily historically been as good on this track, hasn't really won on this track in a while other than um, last fall. So he did that in the Chevy. 
Now he's in a Toyota. Now he's in the 45. Now he's in equipment that uh, has been able to get around this track well. Uh, and and I just like I said, if it's a if it's a Toyota versus a Chevy, I'm giving the edge to the Toyotas this time around. Uh, for for Tyler Reddick, 12 starts. It was a very rough start for him, right? 39th place at Daytona, 34th at Fontana, but he's rebounded since then. 15th at Vegas, third at Phoenix, fifth in Atlanta. First at Austin, uh, 16th at Richmond, second at Bristol. A couple of bad weeks between Martinsville and Talladega, but rebounded for a seventh and a ninth at Dover and Kansas. So Tyler Reddick doing good things. I know Chastain has done some good things as well, but you know he's going to probably try to earn that moniker uh, that he he got last week. So he'll be apologizing before the day is through, I promise you, but he'll also not have a car that's going to be finishing better than Tyler Reddick. Yeah, but you have to understand that he's sorry, Rob. Okay? <laughs> he's, he's sorry. Of course he's sorry, but he's also going to be wrecked out. <laughs> yeah, it, this is not the type of track that that suits his over-aggressive style of racing. And and that that works for him a lot of places. We've seen it, it work out well. But the over-aggressiveness at a track like this, this track will make you pay for it. And I think we've seen that with Chastain so far. Um, to the Reddick point of things, the uh and I guess this you could make this argument for Briscoe as well, but I don't think he counts because he doesn't have the speed. But the dirt track guys, I think, um, have a, a separate advantage here because it is harder to handle your car here. Um, and, you know, these these guys are, are used to the changings of the track and stuff and, and the harder to handle cars. I think that plays into favor for guys like Reddick um, and, and guys like Larson specifically. Um, Reddick is going to bounce off that wall a lot this weekend. He, you know, he loves to run the wall every week. He's going to be bouncing off of it. Uh, but with these cars have seemed to hold up to a lot of that pretty good. So I'm not too worried there. And yeah, I think that Chastain, while he should be fast, so we've seen him be fast all season. You can't trust that his aggressive style is going to work out here. Um, because it, it just hasn't, you know, in his time in this one car so far. So, I, I really like this one as well. And my, only minus 105, uh, you're getting a pretty good price for it. So no arguments from me there. I am going to take a couple of top 10 finishers next. Give me Austin Dillon, top 10, plus 240. Already talked about him a little bit, but he has got seven top 11. Two of them, of course, he finished in 11. So I wanted to extend to the top 11 because that's pretty close to the top 10. But seven top 11 finishes in his 13 races here. Last season, 17th in the spring, 9th in the fall. Um, and again, he was 10th place at Kansas last week, which I think is a good sign for where things are going. Um, and he's had his ups and downs for sure this season, but we've seen the RCR cars be strong. Uh, and I think that Austin Dillon can get it done. Like I said before, the fifth best average finish over the last seven races of any driver. That gives him five extra spots to give up to other guys and still be in that top 10. So... At plus 240, Austin Dillon, I think, is a very, very good uh, deal there on Caesars. And then I think I mentioned that we would be talking about Eric Jones, and maybe that's because originally I had him in this next spot, but I took him out. I will give Eric Jones his plus 225. I want to mention him. He is very, very, very good at this track. The equipment is what concerns you, right? He did it last year in Legacy equipment, but Legacy looked very, very good last season. They've looked like complete trash this season. He's jumped up and got a few, you know, good finishes here and there. But now they're going to be sort of locked out of the Chevy camp. They're kind of in limbo. They're in that weird 
you know, that, that weird area where you've already kind of committed to the next girl, but you're still living with this girl and things are just awkward. Right. And, and so I don't know how that's going to go. I don't have enough faith in him to do that. So I pivoted, went back to old faithful. Give me Ty Gibbs to finish in the top 10 plus 225. You saw it last week. He has got speed in that car. And I think that's the biggest determining factor here. He's in an elite car. We know right now it's Hendrick, it's Gibbs, and it's Chastain. I'm not going to say Trackhouse because Suarez doesn't help the case. But uh, these Gibbs cars are very fast. You've talked about it all this whole show so far. Toyota has had speed here. The Gibbs cars have looked good in the past. Um, he had a 15th place finish here last season. Uh, he didn't start the spring race, of course, because he wasn't filling in at that point. But filling in in the fall for Kurt Busch, a nice solid 15th place run. That's pretty good. And that was in the 500-mile race even where it's got that extra, I wouldn't feel as comfortable making this bet with that extra 100 miles just because we can see those rookie mistakes like he made last week at Kansas, you know, get ended up running, you know, blowing that tire up and running into the grass and stuff. But um, finished sixth place in Xfinity Series race here last year as well. So he knows how to get around. We know he's in a fast car. We've seen him ripping off top 10 finishes this year so far. I think that he's going to be frustrated after how last week went. Needs to refocus himself, take a deep breath, Go out there, run how he's been running all season. Nice, solid race. Sneak his way into the top 10 at the end of the day. Uh, so, plus 225, uh, opted to take Gibbs. And then, of course, uh, Austin Dillon, not Ty Dillon. Don't, don't bet on Ty Dillon. Austin Dillon at plus 240, which is, I can't believe he's that high of a price. But give me that as well for the top 10s. Uh, both of those over on Caesars. So I love the Gibbs part of that as well because, again, for him, we, we know that he can do this now. He's proven that he can do it. He just, like you said, needs to take a deep breath, needs to figure this out. And he was in that 23 car last fall. He wasn't even in the 45. He was in Bubba Wallace's old car. Uh, they, had moved, they had moved Bubba over to the 45 to try to get those owner's points at that point. So they threw Gibbs into the 23. Still good, but he's in a much better car than he was in last year. Uh, and and for him to finish 15th in the 23, right, the second of the 23, 11 cars uh, at that point, I definitely uh, love it. I love it so much that on Superbook, I found a super group. Uh, this is Group F, and Ty Gibbs sits in that at plus 280 to win this group, consisting of Brett Keselowski, which, you know, tough sell. He's been good, right, but he's also had some pretty bad luck. And I feel like uh, for Brad Keselowski, if we're talking about Ty Gibbs being on a super upward trajectory to where we think a top 10 is possible for him, I think a top five is even more possible for him. And for Brad Keselowski, we haven't seen him be consistent at that point. We've seen him run up front. We've seen him finish around the front. But it just seems like something takes him. The pit strategy, uh, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, and I just don't feel really that solid about a Brad Keselowski finish, um, a good Brad Keselowski finish. And I get it. You know, he's got a good average finish here, 12.1 uh, over his, his time on this track, nine top tens, five top fives, and a win here. But, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I trust the young, hot driver in this instant over Brad Keselowski. So I'll leave it there. Uh, Daniel Suarez is in this group as well. This is kind of a weird, a weird grouping because it's got the two uh, uh, RFK cars and Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher, and then the other Trackhouse car in there uh, against a Gibbs car. It's it's just a weird sort of grouping that they put it in. But again, I'm going to take Gibbs over all these guys. Suarez, 
you know, again, he's got speed, right? He, him, and him and Chastain both have really fast cars on a weekly basis. But for some reason, Daniel Suarez continues to find ways to not live up to that car's expectation, whereas Ross Chastain is sort of driving it a little better at this point. So eventually, Suarez may get it figured out. And in all things equal, they you know turn in a couple of good days. I don't think this week is that week. And then for Chris Buescher, same thing as Brad Keselowski, right? These RFK cars, we we fawned on them earlier. We were like, man, they've got speed. They're they're running up in the top ten together. They're you know finishing in the top ten together. That's that's all great. But you know, it just feels like that happens, and then not then it doesn't. Then Chris Buescher is not in the top ten, and then Brad Keselowski runs into problems. So. Uh, for Ty Gibbs, this is an opportunity for him to show really that he belongs in this, uh, especially to bounce back after a rough week last week. And I, I think he's going to beat these other three drivers, and I think it won't even be close. Yeah, I like it. No argument from me here. Uh, yeah, I'm big on the Gibbs train. He's made us a lot of money this season. So, yeah, I like it. Next up, Rod. Give me just one moment. I have to take a quick quick wardrobe change here. All right, hold on. All right, Cody is uh, is removing his hat, and now he is putting on the... Boy, that's, that's small. Yeah, that is pretty small. Look at you. Who wore that last? Not you. Younger you? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is okay. I've had this hat since I was 10. I think it is a youth hat, so it is very small. But got to put it on, right? It's signed by Bill Elliott, signed by Ray Evernham. This is my number nine Evernham Dodge Bill Elliott hat. Of course, Chase Elliott with the greatest throwback possibly in the history of throwbacks, throwing back to his father's car. They even did the nine with the little Evernham E coming off the end of it. Absolutely love it. Shout out to Ray. I'm sure he has that trademark, so appreciate him sharing that with Hendrick, allowing them to do that. But got to have some Chase Elliott action this weekend just because of the throwback. And I highly suggest that for you. Go look at all these throwbacks. Usually the NASCAR app will have them posted in a couple of days, um, but otherwise you can scroll through Twitter. I mean, they've been out there for weeks now. Find the car you like, especially if you've been a NASCAR fan for a long time. They're throwing back to one of your favorites, throwing back to a car you really like. Find the car you like, bet on that car because it's going to be fun or find a way to bet on that car. going to be fun to root for that car you specifically want to watch. So had to do the Chase Elliott thing, especially with this car. Found two ways that I'm going to bet on him. I, I just... I don't understand. I mean, he's he's being disrespected in a way in these numbers. Bill Elliott, or not Bill Elliott. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, could boy. you imagine? Chase, <laughs> Chase Elliott, rather, in this race to get a top 10, minus 130, Rod. He, he's one of the better cars out there, and, and I get it. It's been a little bit since he's come back. It's It's been a little bit up and down, but you saw it at points last week. If that last caution didn't come out, he could have easily won that race. I mean, he was a fast car. He continued to come through the field. He had, he has shown his spurts. So I, I think that it's kind of ridiculous for him to be at this cheap of a price. Minus 130, I get you're laying a little bit, but he only has to be a third of the field, really, a little more than a third of the field to, to be up here in the top 10. Um, for me, that's a no-brainer. It is a top 10 or bust for Chase Elliott at Darlington. He either finishes in the top 10 or he finishes dead last, it seems like. He's got caught up a few times for sure. Um, he did finish 36 here in the fall, case in point, right? But in the spring race, he had a nice solid fifth place run. Go back to 2021, same story. Seventh in the spring, 31st in the fall. Go back to 2020, they ran here three times. Finished fourth, 38th, and 20th. The race he finished 20th is 
uh, a race that he led 114 laps in before he was dumped late. Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch? I think it was Kyle Busch. I can't remember. One of the two of them uh, dumped him late. Of course, that was the pandemic year. They were running those first. They ran back to back, and they ran there again in the fall. South Carolina, obviously, close to North Carolina, so they were trying to get races in. But he's got a lot of solid finishes here. You go back to 2018, he had a fifth place, an 11th place in 2017, a 10th in 2016. Um, like I said, he led those 114 laps here in September before he was spun uh, of 2020. And so, yeah, it's, it's either he's going to be in the top 10 or he's going to get involved in a wreck and just be out of this one early, I think. So give me Elliott top 10 at minus 130. He should be much higher priced than that, especially where some of these other guys are priced for top 10s. And then also, he is 14 to 1 to win this race. That is a, also a disrespectful price. Uh, we saw it last week where he ended up being 20 to 1 on Sunday before the race, even after his poor qualifying. He didn't look that good in practice. Still had a fast car, still had a chance to win that race. I don't think somebody this talented and arguably one of the top two to five cars in the garage week in and week out, a guy that can get it done on any type of track any week should ever be priced at 14 to 1. That seems a bit ridiculous. So give me Chase Elliott to win this one as well. 14 to 1. Stuck my extra winner in there. Uh, I call him early, but wanted this to be the, the Chase Elliott section of the program. And rightfully so. Uh, again, that beautiful, beautiful hat that you're wearing. Go, go check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch yes, it later. It but make sure, make <laughs> I sure you check. I've not it worn out. it for a long time, but uh, <laughs> it's definitely small. But uh, yeah, I've had had this hat for twenty some years. So oh, gotta love those things. Um, all right. Well, I love Caesars for these types of bets, and they've got the all to finish inside of the top ten uh, bet. And I found this one, and I love this one. It is. Elliot Logano and Hamlin all to finish inside the top 10 at plus 1200. Maybe that wasn't Caesars. I have to go back and find, I didn't write down the right book, but I found it and I'll tell you in the discord where I found it, but Elliot Logano and Hamlin all to finish inside the top 10 at 12 to one. You already made the case for why Elliot is going to finish inside the top 10. I've already given you Logano as a top five car. So basically all we got to do is convince you that Denny Hamlin can find the top 10 after he just won at Kansas, finished fifth at Dover, fourth at Martinsville, sixth at Fontana, right? I mean, the, the dude has been all go, no stop the last few weeks. Um, obviously, stout, touting his, his brackets and everything, but... On this track in particular, um, Denny Hamlin has been fantastic. In fact, he has the second most top 10s at this track, second only to Kevin Harvick. Get this. He has 21 starts on this track. In 16 of them, he has finished inside of the top 10. There is hardly a way that you can convince me short of the fact that, yes, he finished 21st here uh, last spring. But, uh, you know, before that, it was just a string of 1st, 5th, 13th, 1st, 5th, 29th, 10th, 1st, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, 2nd, 6th, 1, right? I mean, again, when you finish in the, inside the top 10, 76% of the time on this track, I'm sorry, but that is a pretty solid lock of a bet. And uh, for him to finish inside the top 10 just outright, Minus 
Uh, and and look, I'll, I'll even go further with you. So Denny at, is at minus three forty uh, to finish inside the top ten. Uh, I said Joey Logano. He's at minus one sixty. Elliot minus one thirty. So you're getting all three of these guys at plus twelve hundred. Come on, bro, load me up on that one. Yeah, I mean, you're getting two of the most consistent and best average finishing guys in, in Hamlin and Logano, and then I just got done making the case for Elliott. If, he, if as long as you get the race where he hits, you know, it's one of the two every year, it seems like. He, he gets the solid top 10 finish, so you get, you get him on the right time, and uh, yeah, you can hit this. That's You're getting three very good cars, very fast cars. Logano, weak to weak case on him, I guess, but... Um, I, I do think that this is a good bet, and, and I like this one. Outstanding. Uh, all right. That is, uh, well, that takes us up to just about time to pick our winners. So we will step away real quick and come back and tell you, well, Cody's already given you one of his winners, but we'll, Cody will give you the other ones on the flip side of the break. But let's take a second to thank those of you who have taken the time to load us up on YouTube. You get to see... Cody's awesome uh, wardrobe changes out there. His Miller Lite jacket, beautiful, beautiful. His uh, Bill Elliott hat, his Ricky Rudd hat, and all the other fantastic paraphernalia that's all behind him, NASCAR-related. His Corey LaJoy picture is every single week. And then you can see my plant in my white wall. It's beautiful. Uh, but, yes, thank you so much for joining us on YouTube. Continue to do that. Hit subscribe, like the videos, comment on the videos, ring the bell so you know when we go live uh, and when we put out another video. We love you for it. We've we've been able to have some good conversations uh, with you guys on YouTube, so continue to do that as well. If you're an OG subscriber, don't be afraid to leave us a review. We love that too. That means the bosses see it and continue to uh, to load us up with more episodes to give you premium NASCAR betting content for free so do that please do we love you hey everybody if you play fantasy football especially in auction leagues and or you're a whiskey fan yes exactly check out the sports gambling podcast fantasy football channel show old-fashioned football coming to you every tuesday morning give us a listen we'll bring you the latest fantasy football data including the injury report studs and duds waiver wire targets and suggested fab market movers after all we are the marks he is my hubby and she's j mark's wifey and we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old-fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. All right, Cody, who will tame the lady in black by the end of the day, take home that checkered flag, and be the winner of the Goodyear 400 in Darlington? As every week, it's been very tough to determine which there's there's so many good cars on a week-in, week-out basis. Which guy is the right guy to land on? And, and I know that he just won last week. We haven't seen many guys go back-to-back -back in this next-gen era, but Denny Hamlin called it a few weeks ago that he was going to get hot. He has gotten hot. I think maybe he stays hot. Talked about it this week on his podcast, Actions Detrimental, that he feels like he's the Tony Stewart type that when the weather heats up, he heats up. It seems to suit his driving style well. Um, and, and I think that maybe we see that again this week. He is at plus, uh, again, shop around a little bit. He's at plus 650 over on Barstool. I know he's as low as, as plus 550 in a few places. Um, 
He has got the best average finish in the last seven starts here. A nice, cool 6.9, um, and he's won twice in that span. Um, he has a 7.5 average finish in 21 career starts at Darlington. That is a hell of a run for him. Last season, he was second here in the fall race, 21st in the spring race. Go back to 2021, a fifth and a first. Uh, 2020, again, that was three races. He had a fifth, a first, and a 13th. He's won four times here. Uh, led 47 laps on this track last season. 151 laps on this track in 2021. Um, and then again, what's he done for you this season? Obviously, he won the race last week at Kansas. Had a nice fifth place run at Dover. He was 11th at Vegas, 6th at Auto Club. So he's been fast in all those races. He's got three top five finishes in the last four races. He is heating up just like he said he would. Uh, now he doesn't have to worry about winning, right? He was he was starting to get up there. It was a 33-race winless streak that he snapped last weekend. He hadn't won since the Coca-Cola 600 last season. Not obviously to the levels of the Martin Truexes, the Ryan Blaney's, the, the Brad Keselowski's, but it was starting to get up there. He's now tied for 15th on the all-time wins list with Tony Stewart at 49 wins. I know that 60 is a huge, huge number for Denny. He's mentioned many times he really wants to get to the number 60. He's only 11 away. Just got one last week. Why not put another one up this week? Uh, again, I think that once these guys get that win, it can allow them to race a little more carefree. You have to worry a little bit about the pit crew, right? Because they've cost him in the past, but they got it done this past weekend. He had a fast car. He's been fast week in and week out. He talked about it with the Toyotas. I think Denny Hamlin shows up. So at plus 650, give me some Denny Hamlin. And then it was hard for me to go from here out. I don't think there's any long, long shots to take. I kind of gave you the Elliott at 14 to 1. That's the farthest I really want to go down the board. There's some other guys out there, Keslowski, but we haven't seen it much lately. The Jones thing, I think that's going to be a popular pick. I really don't see him winning, especially in a 400-mile race. Um, so give me William Byron at 10 to 1. Uh, I know you kind of case a little bit against him earlier. I don't have a strong case for him. He doesn't have necessarily the greatest track history here, but he's been extremely fast this season. We've seen it week in and week out. Um, go back to last season, he had a 13th and an 8th place. Some solid, solid, decent finishes, obviously. Two 4th place finishes in 2021, a 12th and a 5th in 2020, um, and then he wrecked out of the other 2020 race. But this season, 3rd place at Kansas. He was 4th at Dover. He led 193 laps in that race. Uh, he won the Las Vegas race where he led 171 laps. Did I write that down correctly? Good Lord, that's a wow. lot of laps. Uh, that might not be correct, but I might be because he, you know, that was he dominated that race and Larson ran second to him all day. So I think that's correct. I wrote it down, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, finished 25th at Auto Club, but he got caught up in that restart wreck on that one. He was fast before that, but Byron has been fast this season. He's in one of these top Hendrick cars. You have to start lumping him in there with Larson and Elliott when you talk about. You know, used to kind of be Elliot Larson at the top of the board. Then you kind of had Byron and Bowman. Um, but Byron has has held his own. You could even make an argument he's been better than Elliot this season. Granted, Elliot missed a, a chunk of the season, obviously, but he's been fast week in and week out. I think a 10 to 1, too much value to be had here. Um, he's still a younger driver, yeah, so you can't really pull the veteran card yet, but he's been around for a few seasons at this point. He's got some laps under his belt. You're not throwing that extra 100 miles in there to maybe throw him off. I think he could get out front if he can get in clean air. Could see him lead a lot of laps like he's done a couple of times this season. So give me Willie B at 10 to 1 to win this race.
Yeah, I I don't know that that's the one thing that I probably can't be swayed on. I I don't feel like that. I don't. I just I can't pull the trigger on Willie B. <laughs> um, but I will say that obviously I'm huge on Denny Hamlin this weekend. That would have been my pick for sure. Uh, if if you hadn't picked him first, can't really deny that he's on a heater. And when you heat him up, uh, Denny Hamlin does good things. But somebody else who we just talked about too is Martin Truex. He's my winner. He's seven to one right now. Uh, I've got him pegged as somebody who could actually not just beat William Byron, but win this entire thing. We talked about it, right? Last season was not necessarily the greatest of seasons for Martin Truex Jr. We found out later a lot of off-track problems. Those don't have, uh, those aren't a thing anymore. Now he's out there racing clean-headed, and we've seen him be very good. We've seen him win now, so uh, we're back on on uh, actually thinking Martin Truex Jr. can win another race. So, uh, again, tough to win two in this next gen, but uh, I think if anybody can do it, Martin Truex can, especially on this track that he's been good at before. And then I'm going to toss out Kevin Harvick. Harvick's at 14 to 1, and I know if you watch the back road from in between media, it seems like all I ever do is bring up Harvick's name. I don't bring him up all that much on the betting episodes of this show. Obviously, we talk about him a lot in, um, in the DFS episodes, but. Look, all Kevin Harvick has ever done on this track is fantastic things, right? He is he's led the second most laps of all the active drivers right now. 813 behind Kyle Busch's 899. He's got 3 wins on this track, 18 top 10s and 30 starts, 13 top 5s. Like it, this is Kevin Harvick's track. He had a gigantic string of top 10 finishes uh broken last fall, heartbreaking too, man. His exhaust went out snapped that long streak of top 10 finishes all the way back to 2013 where he finished fifth in the in Darlington and then went on to win fifth second ninth fourth fourth first third first sixth fifth fourth like that was heartbreaking to watch him go 33rd uh in that and snap that streak so look for him to get back on it again I I I highly I I feel like if because we talked about it last season too where it was a drought for Kevin Right, and then all of a sudden he goes and he rips off two big wins. That's how fast it can happen. And a track like this for Kevin Harvick, that's how fast it can happen. If he's fast uh, qualifying, if he's fast in practice, expect him to to turn this around. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. He's sort of cooled off the last couple of weeks. We haven't talked about him as much, but he's a guy who can jump up and just rip them off whenever he wants to. This is a track he's very good at. Minus 160 for a top 10 finish here. So they obviously expect him to be running up in the top 10. If there's a track he's going to jump up on and win, this is the style that suits him. Again, the veteran prowess. He's done it here many times. Uh, he can put himself in position to be there and take advantage of whatever he needs to. So you can't ever count him out. 14 to 1, I think it's definitely worth a sprinkle. So uh, no argument from me there. And Truex, uh, again, I mean, yeah, full, full go on. Bet him whenever now. He's obviously proved to us he's back. He's got the speed. He's showing it week in and week out. These Gibbs cars are very fast. They're very good. So no argument from me on the, the Truex uh, angle as well. Yeah, I mean, we're giving out Denny as a, as a Gibbs car. We're giving out Gibbs as a Gibbs car. Like, we know the Toyota's going to be fast, so it's probably not a bad idea to uh, to go ahead and sprinkle some on most of them out there. Uh, not that many to, to have to pass it around to either, so that's the good thing about it. But um, All right, get out your pen and paper. 
About to go over all of our bets for the Goodyear 400 at Darlington. Cody started you off with a full fade of Chase Briscoe to continue with A.J. Allmendinger at minus 105 over Briscoe and Austin Dillon over Briscoe at minus 125 on Superbook. Go check it out. Um, I gave you Joey Logano as a top five car at plus 140. And then Cody followed it up with uh, Austin Dillon over Ricky Stenhouse at minus 150. I said Martin Truex will finish better than William Byron at minus 115. Cody said that Eric Almarola was going to have a better finish than Austin Sendrick at minus 150. I gave you Tyler Reddick over Ross Chastain at minus 105. Cody followed that up with Austin Dillon as a top 10 at plus 240 and Ty Gibbs at uh, a plus, uh, plus 225 for a top 10. And I said Gibbs was going to win uh, in his group on sport on Superbook rather at plus two eighty over Brad Kozlowski, Daniel Suarez, and Christopher Busher. And then Cody said that Chase Elliott was going to be a top ten car at minus one thirty. Tossed in a bonus winner with that beautiful paint scheme of his at fourteen to one over on Caesars to win. Uh, listen, I they may have taken this off. Keep an eye if they put it back on. I think it's uh, it's actually a top five. Was it top five? Yeah, it's on Caesars. I just found it while you were. They must have. There, so they must have moved to, it because it wasn't a top five before. It was top ten, which is why I hammered the hell out of it. So um, we'll yeah, do a live. Might have update. been a miss, misprint before, but Ooh. yeah, it is in there as a top five now. Ooh, those guys. So hopefully you saw that early and got in on it. <laughs> oh man, see that's the thing, man. When they they realize they're messed up, they're like, wait a second. There's, I've seen some really good bets that people got. There was one last week. And I know Derek talked about it on his uh, his recap show too. Somebody got in on something that was plus three something, and it should have been minus three something. Make sure you're always keeping an eye out because they'll the books will mess up sometimes. You got an intern that plugs the wrong number in, hits the minus instead of the or hits the plus instead of the minus, whatever it is. Uh, they they make mistakes. Hits the ten instead of the five. You know, I, I still feel like I'll take this as a top five. I really I feel like I should. I mean, you're you're giving out Elliot to win. Uh, I've given out Logano as a top five car already. We both think Hamlin can win this race. So, uh, yeah, yeah I'll, t- I'll take Go this as it. a top five. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll change it. I'll still keep the bet. So it's uh, Elliot, Logano, Hamlin, all top fives at plus 1,200. Uh, unfortunately, I saw it as a top 10. They must have caught the mistake and changed it. So uh, lucky for, for those of us who got there early. But, uh, yeah, you can still take it as a top five. I still feel comfortable giving out. Then... Cody said Denny at six uh, six and a half to one on Barstool to win, and Byron at ten to one to win. I threw in Truex at seven to one and Harvick at fourteen to one as the winner of Darlington and the Goodyear four hundred. Cody, that is a full card. It's a full card. I like it. Feeling good. Throwback weekend, Rod. We're gonna throw back to last season when we were cashing all sorts of bets and uh, get back on a hot streak. We're uh, we're gonna be like Denny Hamlin and and get our hot streak running starting now. I'm gonna call our shot. That I'm pointing. I'm pointing out at the outfield. We're gonna call the shot. This is gonna be a fantastic week for us and for you. Uh, more importantly, to uh, go out and cash some tickets. So, uh, all right, Cody. Well, let's let them get to the gates, shall we? And and uh, put that put those tickets down. So uh, as we always do, let them know where they can find you on social media. Yep. Follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeb. Uh, you can find all my work over there. Follow the show at NASCAR Gambling. That's right. And then, of course, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it is in between media, the back road happening this Thursday. I'll be on with Seth and Elliot talking all about 
Darlington. Having a good time doing that. We'll be back tomorrow with some Xfinity. The trucks aren't out yet, so we'll just talk Xfinity. And then, of course, finish off the week with Xfinity and DFS uh, for you as well. Lots to get to. Lots of fun to be had. Lots more tickets to cash. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, let's go racing and let it ride.